I was just going to say, this is an audio medium. People don't know what Tyler and I look like right now. So I can just say that Tyler and I are also both wearing wigs. I have the Roseanne, Rosanna <laughs> Dana wig, and he's wearing the Edna from The Incredibles wig. And we all three of us look fantastic. So. I know nothing. Nothing, man. You know nothing. You're listening to the I Know Nothing podcast. Where, where, where did you come up with that? I don't know. With Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. And Tyler. Tyler, of course that little shit. They know nothing! Why you say I know nothing? What? I don't know anything. What a story, Mark. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know Nothing, currently the third ranked podcast by the title of I Know Nothing. Literally, I found another podcast out there, aside from the first one, that has the same title. So we're now third on the list. It's incredible. Uh, if this year couldn't get any worse, right, Mark? I mean, uh, I know it's it's so it's so unfair to me and me only. It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm your host. My name is Mark. I'm the scrappy sidekick, Tyler. And with us today is an incredibly funny person. Uh, she is the host of an open mic. Uh, she has participated in many stand-up events around Toronto and is a stand-up comic. And in addition to all this, she is an aerial performer. With us today is Christine Kay. Christine, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Mark and Tyler, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. Uh, how's it going, Christine? How have your last couple of weeks been during this uh, lockdown mayhem? Oh, it's so exciting. Like, <laughs> just, I love it. Love oh. it. You know, Zoom comedy and no, nothing else. So, All that fun stuff. And how are the Zoom comedy events? Do you feel like it's the same with like, um, I guess, like the level of interaction that you would have with some of the participants? Or is it still kind of like a little bit off? Um, I actually really love it now. Um, yeah, just uh, there's just so many um, different people I've met. And just because like, I, I'm, you know, as a, you know, marginalized woman, like, you know, Mark, like, you know, sometimes it's just uncomfortable to go to some open mics mm-hmm. here. Um, but like on Zoom, like it's so comfortable, like, uh, you know, I can wear whatever I want. I, I can ignore creeps. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can ignore them. They're just mm-hmm. typing to me through Zoom and like, I'll just <laughs> ignore it. So, yep. you know, you can't really ignore people when they're in person or it's just oh, like super sure. rude. Yeah, and it's like, do you yeah. want to just be that rude person? Because in theory, they're the ones being rude to begin with. So it's like, true. It's like, yeah, oh, you should have. Yeah. You'd be like, no, like, fuck off. Like, what are you doing? But I mean, <laughs> these their own, totally for. I, I'm saying this now, but in person, I'd be like, oh, hi, nice to meet. Oh, you want me to sign your tit? Great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, Christine, uh, I am very excited to talk to you today about uh, the world of aerial performing. Honestly, I don't know much about it, but I find it really interesting. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Um, before we get into sort of the thick of it, uh, we have like a quick game that we like to play at the top of our episodes. It's called Down to Quizness. <laughs> Cool. It's super simple and super straightforward. What it is, is it's just like a set of lightning round questions that we ask you and we also are involved as well. And it's just a good chance for us to get to know you and then our audience gets to know us a little bit better, if that sounds good. Yeah, sounds great. All right, perfect. Let's get down to it. So the first question that we have, very simple, is just where are you from? Oh, Toronto. Thornhill for me. Yep, same here. Also from Thornhill. Uh, next question we have is, uh, do you have a favorite pastime or maybe like a COVID pastime that you took on recently? Uh, non-performance related? Um, yeah, for sure. I like to embroider, like it's it's cross stitching. That 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 almost looked like a hostage situation. Like you were looking off to the side, like I like to uh, <laughs> embroider. 
Uh, here, I'll explain. <laughs> um, so I like to cross-stitch um, very wholesome pictures and then put inappropriate comments above it. So... <laughs> okay, okay, we're... <laughs> We'll need another episode for that. Um, please plug your stuff. That sounds amazing. I remember this because on a post on Instagram, like she had, she did like a stitching of, I think it was just like, like a couple of birds taking flight. And then she, she did one of those like open polls of like caption this. And it was like some of the, like the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, I don't remember the exact captions, but it was basically like a game of cards against humanity to try and caption this like little like embroidering piece. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed that too. It was amazing. Uh, That's amazing. Are you open for commissions? <laughs> no. No, only because <laughs> it takes too long for it. They're, they're all, they're all, um, uh, what do they call it? Like efforts of, um, just hundreds of hours. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if they're, they're, um, worth anything except to myself. <laughs> Favorite pastime for me, COVID related is probably just, um, all the Zoom stuff I've been doing, whether it's workshops or improv nights or stuff like that. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, for me, I've been playing the ukulele a little bit more. I like learned it sort of at the beginning of COVID. Now I'm like halfway decent. So yeah, ton cool. of fun. Um, all right. The next question I have is uh, what's your, who's your favorite stand-up comic? Right now it's Ronnie Chang. Um, only because um, he's one of the very few Asian comics that like I think is very smart and he doesn't punch down. Yeah. He was a he he was a correspondent on the Daily Show, right? Like he did. Yeah, he's so funny. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's one of the his special on Netflix is one of the few that I've watched in the last like maybe six months, and I really enjoyed it as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm glad to hear. Absolutely. My my favorite stand up is probably uh, Tom Segura. Oh yeah. Uh, I love all of his shit. I saw him live in uh, Toronto when he was here last time, and uh, yeah, he just does so much fun stuff, and it just seems like such a fun person to be around too. Mm-hmm. On top of that. Yeah, cool. How was uh, how was that live show, Tyler? What's like the Tom Segura crowd like? Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was interesting. It was like a lot of the Kyles with Monster Energy drink type vibe, <laughs> but also, um, but also you do get the person who is maybe the kind of uh, I I was just I was just gonna describe Kyles in a different way, I guess. But um, he has a very certain type of niche crowd, and the stuff he talks about is pretty raunchy. Um. He basically started the show off by like turning the entire crowd against him and then winning us back um, with some very inappropriate stuff about everybody's mothers. But uh, yeah, it was a great show. <laughs> Amazing. That sounds awesome. Uh, so for cool. me, I think my favorite, it's always changing for me, like who my favorite is. because It's hard to pinpoint like one specific person. Um, I've always loved Bo Burnham and I really like Daniel Tosh. Um, I think recently Hannibal Burris has been my favorite mm. comic just because I've been watching a lot of his stuff and. The Eric Andre show is just so stupid. It makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> um, so I'd probably say Hannibal Burris. <laughs> oh, such a good show. Um, and the last question that we have for you here, Christine, mm-hmm. is do you have a favorite memory from the last year? Just because like it's we're kind of wrapping up the year. Just maybe looking back as weird and tumultuous as this year has been. A favorite memory? Oh, this is supposed to be a lightning round. Um, 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 um. You can take your time. There's no rush. <laughs> well, I guess since uh, COVID happened in March, um, Oh, yeah. I met a girl from Hawaii and we co-produced a show together on uh, comedy. It's called Pam's Open Mic Luau. And um, we elevate marginalized voices. Um, And so, yeah, she has cerebral palsy and um, we talk about just a whole bunch of different things. And so that's I guess that's probably my favorite memory. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. When you say show, are you talking like podcast or it's a stand up show or? Oh, it's a it's an open mic stand up Zoom show. 
Very cool. So are you hoping to continue that like IRL once lockdown's done or? Um, she lives in Hawaii. Um, oh, she lives. In, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go down there. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, just take my private jet. I'll bring you guys along too. Uh, how about you, Tyler? Um, I mean, <laughs> if I don't say this, I'd probably get in trouble meeting my girlfriend uh, earlier this year. Uh, is probably favorite memory. Uh, close second is uh, I joined a, a group of like a small community of voice actors. And so me and a couple others are kind of modding this community of about 100, 150. So it's been super um, like really cool to see people improve over the course of like working with us, working with other people. So it's cool to see um, all the improvement and stuff. Yeah. I think my favorite memory from the last year, it is tough because it's been such a just dog shit year um, <laughs> i will say that uh i traveled to banff in september for labor day and that was a lot of fun it was nice to sort of get away um this was back when like lockdown it wasn't like quite in lockdown like travel was still sort of allowed um and i hadn't been before it was like a beautiful mountain range and i got to go with some really good friends so um it was a nice little like break from the rest of the crap that we had around us cool so now that we've gotten to know you a little bit better um I'm very much looking forward to talking to you a little bit more about the world of aerial performing. Mm -hmm. uh, so just as a sort of background question, maybe as like a quick opener, um, I'm just going to ask you sort of what your experience with aerial performing has been um, and sort of how you got into it and how you're currently pursuing it. Oh, OK. So how we got into it. Um, so I, oh, how long I've been doing it is um, 10 years. So I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, how I got into it. Um, so I was a... A previous competitive dancer um, in Toronto, and then I did my undergrad in the States, and then I was on their dance and cheerleading teams. And so after undergrad, um, it was just like, I love intense training. That's my favorite <laughs> type of... <laughs> I just love it, intense That's physical good. training. So um, yeah, after undergrad, um, I wandered into a, uh, a circus school, which is the Toronto Circus School of the Arts which I currently work and perform for now. That's awesome. Um, so just to sort of take a step back here and talk about like um, the transition from competitive dancing into aerial performing. Um, what was that transition like? like I'm, I'm imagining that like a lot of the skills that would go into competitive dancing would lend themselves well to aerial performing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is the fitness regime kind of similar? Like, is it a lot tougher to do one versus the other? Oh, that's such a good question, Mark. Um, yes, it's so much harder to do aerial than it is with dance. Um, so many dancers have, um, you know, we don't really use our upper body, but aerial's all, it's just all pull-ups. It, well, it's not all pull-ups, but it's its cardio and it's upper body strength. Um, so the training is uh, much more difficult in regards to endurance. Um, and you also spin uh it depends on what type of apparatus I'm doing, but often it's um, either dance trapeze or hoop, or, or even if it's silks, it's spinning the whole time. So you're holding your entire weight um, while spinning for, I guess, maybe five to eight minutes. Wow. Damn. Yeah. That's, so, that sounds like a lot of just like core strength and like, yeah, upper body strength. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so um, here uh, I want to uh, speak because I don't think your listeners might not know this or or both of you. So the spinning component, I guess this is also very similar to figure skating, but um, have you ever been on like a, like teacups? Like, um, yeah, like the amusement ride kind of, right? Where like you're spinning or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Okay. That rings a bell. Uh, so you have to build tolerance um, to that. So after a while you just can't see anymore and you feel nauseous. Mm. 
um, that needs to that needs to build and that needs to build slowly over time. And you need to do that daily or at least at wow. least more than uh, at least more than twice a week. So, um, yeah, so that's what, um, is really different than dance. Um, so (laughs) you, you, like you want to, so at at the very end of like a routine, you want to come out after spinning and then like, like you take a a bow and then you got to walk off stage. Um, you want it to be the point where you're, you're not feeling ill and like, you can just do it again. So that's the, the training is, is much more difficult. And you said kind of earlier on, maybe before we were recording that you haven't been able to do much of anything in terms of aerial performing during COVID. Um, mm. Is training or something you can do to train as simple as like spinning in your office chair, like a shitload? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been doing that. <laughs> Good guess. I have been doing that. I've been doing that until the, <laughs> until the chair <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Wow. So, I don't know. You can't see it now. Um, but like, I'm obviously sitting in a regular chair because my office chair is no longer. It has, uh, it has now retired. It has now That's retired. A business, That's a business expense. For oh, sure. yeah. Easy. You can write that yeah. off. Absolutely. <laughs> and so just to sort of build on um, the topic of schooling that you mentioned, I think you mentioned that you were, you were going to like the Toronto, was it the Toronto Circus School? Yeah. School. Yeah. Toronto School of Circus Arts. Yeah. Toronto School of Circus Arts. Um like I'm, I'm a little bit unfamiliar with just like sort of everything that the Toronto School of Circus Arts does and like is capable of. Mm-hmm. How was like the training for circus performing? And like, is that something that intimidated you initially? Or like, was that always sort of like the end goal? Oh, that was um, always the end goal is to um, train and perform. But um, I mm-hmm. think, you know, both of you are performers. So you, you, I think you can understand what I'm trying to say here. It's like, so I love the relationships that you build when you're part of a production, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like part of production company or like the app, like a, a whole, yeah, the ensemble thing is just, it's just so wonderful. Cause, and I think of it as like trauma bonding. But like, you know, everyone's super vulnerable and everyone brings their own talent. And then together, everyone brings their own talent to make a giant act or, you know, a production. And that, that's my favorite part of, of performing. Yeah, that that is incredible. Like, I honestly, I was also going to ask you a little bit about like the community around um, aerial performing when it comes down to like your performance, like in the circus versus your performance, like dancing or just the community that you met, like throughout your training process for aerial performing. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that community been like? Oh, it's it's super supportive. Um, I, I do have a small disclaimer is that um, so I, I'm I'm in school, so sometimes I'm not really part of the community that much as much as I should be and want to be because um, I still focus mm-hmm. on certain things. For sure. But um, mm-hmm. yes, it, it it is a very wonderful and supportive and inclusive community. And with something so niche as aerial performing, what are like the benchmark goals once you graduate? Like, do you want to find like a traveling, um, like a show? Do you want to find a show in a specific city? Like how many opportunities are there? Um, so I, I guess that that's a really good question. I think it's whatever you want to take it. Um, many people do like have an eventual goal of not only performing, but being part of like a professional troupe or like, you know, um, auditioning for uh, Cirque du Soleil or um, something, um, something of professional caliber or um, some people open up their own studio, but yes, it's definitely to perform on a, on a pro level. That's, that's so fascinating. Like 
I guess I haven't seen a lot of like circus events. Like I've seen a couple in my life, but like it never occurred to me that like, well, I, like I knew how difficult it was, but it, it seems so far fetched to like actually become a circus performer and to like, I don't know, like be able to like perform those incredible feats. Like I think a part of me is just wondering right now, like if hypothetically, like if I were to like try and be interested in that and like try to join that, because honestly, like it does look pretty cool. And from the way that you're describing it, the community sounds nice. It all sounds like a lot of fun. Like if two schmucks like Tyler and I like wanted to get into it, is there like, yeah, I'm looking at you, Don't Tyler, lump me in, man. Don't lump me in, man. <laughs> I don't have the upper body strength for this shit. Okay. Well, like maybe aside from the upper body strength, is there like a certain skill that like typically um, helps people sort of in the aerial performing industry? Like is it past experience or can sort of people walk off the street and sort of practice and get good at it? Um, uh, so oh, that's a really good question. Um, so I think it, it just depends what you want to bring, right? Um, yeah. So when it comes to like, I, and I would love to invite both of you when the world is right again, please come to flying trapeze class um, of flying trapeze. That one, um, the drop-in class, uh, all you need to do is hold on. So yes, anybody can just walk in from the streets when it comes to just like a, a drop-in class, like flying trapeze, because you just hold on and it's just like the, best rush feeling you'll never get um uh, anywhere else so please come um and uh but in regards to like actual training um uh like you know for example like dancers when they come they bring their flexibility and they bring their you know how limber they are um but then other people in other sporting areas like um I guess like upper body strength. Um, if you do like any kind of conditioning, that's great. We have a lot of people from CrossFit, um, just lots of crossover or people who have ne- have never had um, any training and um, they, they come very often. So it, it ranges, but yes, definitely please come. If you have previous uh, physical prowess, definitely always helps because then it just comes naturally, right? Right. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler, you're a flexible guy, right? I've, I've seen you walking around. You're pretty like acrobatic. Yeah. Oh, you can do stuff. Oh, cool. See, like I don't, you can't really see it, but like I'm actually I've been standing on one leg the whole time. <laughs> it's been like 25 minutes. I was gonna say Tyler's been hanging upside down like a bat this whole time. He's just been hanging on. <laughs> yeah, by his I legs. inverted my webcam. Yeah, like it's great. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> so, what, what's you're actually the, doing uh, a handstand. Yeah, yeah, handstand. Right? Yeah, handstand. You're actually doing a handstand. Yeah. Oh man, I just pass out. Um, <laughs> what so? I guess there's kind of like a, a curve, like a learning curve for aerial performing. And the only kind of parallel that I see in my head is some people will try, say, a pole dancing class and they'll be like, this is a, a fun thing to do. And then they're exhausted after it. And then it's something that they can't do very frequently. So if you don't have a, a um, like a formal physical background, what's the drop off? Like how how often do you have to train and how much turnover is there, I guess? Um, I th- of the years that I've worked there um, and of my, this is just only from my experience. So I guess it could vary. It could vary. Um, that's a really also very good question. Um, I think it just depends on how much you want to, how much you love it and how much um, you want to dedicate to it, right? So someone who only comes once a week, there's only there's only so much progression you can see right as 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 with every activity right like you know voice acting any type of you know any kind of sport or 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 talent yeah if you want to progress definitely every other day if not every day but every other day because i you know your body needs rest and so misconceptions what are some things that you find that people will 
assume about aerial performing or will ask you about and you're like that's not at all with that what oh that's such a good question that's such a good question because i get that all the time and it's um um like when i say i'm like oh i do circus um they'll say oh you're a contortionist and i'm like no they're like contort now <laughs> on the chair on the chair can you do it can, can you do it just like all those mongolian like contortionists like can you do it oh. um like like okay. I'm like, no no dance monkey dance no no <laughs> um yeah, that's that's the misconception um, at most. Um, I get most, but but I think um, mostly I get is confusion. Um, people are 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 often like, "What? What's that? Like, what do you mean?" And then I'll say, "I'll say Cirque du Soleil," and they're like, "Oh, oh, you mean like the curtains?" And I'm like, um, "Yeah, sure." Like then then people have more of a, a orientation of, of of what that is, but yeah, it's often more confusion than misconception, right? Um, and so just um, when I think about people who try new skills, I think oftentimes I hear stories of people who, just as an example, I know someone who went skydiving with a fear of heights, mm -hmm. thinking that it would help them get over it somehow. And obviously they were like traumatized <laughs> on the way down. So not obviously it's not the exact same thing, but just in a similar manner, are there people who want to get into aerial performing that for some reason have that fear of heights and are able to overcome it? Um, I, so um Aerial, there's also aerial and there's um, like for heights and then there's also aerial for there's ground arts. So if right. you're really scared, oh, that's actually a very, very good question because um, I think it it just, I think also lends itself to what your strengths and assets are. So I right. I, I think earlier I was saying that um, um, I spin a lot. Actually, it's during my entire routine I'm spinning. Um, and I mm -hmm. enjoy that feeling. Like I enjoy, I've always liked roller coasters and I've always liked that teacup thing. Like, I'm always like, ha, 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 and I'm the one who's like laughing like a maniac and everyone's like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, ha, 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 <laughs> So, um, it, 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 um, and then there's other people who, um, they love it so much. They're just going to build tolerance and they're just going to continue to train at a height they're uncomfortable at until they're comfortable. So I think it's very variable. Mm -hmm. So there's also hand to hand, which is hand balancing that you can do, or you can do like acro or, or gymnastics, like tumbling. This is of course, only in my experience. Um, if you're afraid, um, you, you might actually enjoy, like enjoy, um, there, there's some parts where, so in silks, um, you can do drops and it's that feeling where your stomach goes, um, you know, you're dropping. Right. Um, and it's my favorite feeling. It's like, so like, <laughs> like, we, um, and then, and then, um, it, it's, it's a wonderful feeling of also being like, it's certain types of wraps and you know, it's going to work. Um, and then you feel really safe because you know, you know, your own body, you know what, what it feels like to drop and, and what it's going to feel like so you can anticipate it. Um, so I also know people who have a fear and then they overcome it because it's very empowering, right? It's really empowering to, to feel like you can do it. Um, so yes, I, I have seen that. Are there some things that you've overcome that you're willing to share with us uh, in your journey? Um, sure. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, definitely because I don't come from a theater background. So acting is um, and then being doing things outside of technically um, difficult skill levels. That's really frightening to me. So um, just, you know, being a, a character or um, uh using the stage while being a character used to be really uncomfortable for me. 
Um, so that's why I, I, I did stand up and, and I took acting classes and also a, a good wig never <laughs> fails to make you feel like you're the character. Um, <laughs> another time, maybe I'll bring them all. I'll bring them all out. I'm picturing you like Moira from uh, Schitt's Creek. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. wall full of wigs. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is an audio medium. People don't know what Tyler and I look like right now. So I can just say that Tyler and I are also both wearing wigs. I have the Roseanne, Rosanna Dana wig, and he's wearing the Edna from The Incredibles wig. And we all three of us look fantastic. So, yeah, we, we support, we stand wigs in this house. <laughs> stand in solidarity with wigs. <laughs> stand in solidarity character wigs. development, uh, character development through wigs. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> And so just to sort of build on something that you mentioned earlier, like uh, just on the topic of maybe misconceptions and some confusion around the circus industry, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel the, uh, like what's the trend with regards to the recognizability of circus performers? Do you think that it's still something that's kind of niche or do you think that it's starting to gain a little bit more credit and it's sort of um, developing more into like the ether? Um, I, I think uh, that's such a good question because um, I think originally it was very super niche and not very many people. Right. Um, but I think it is growing uh, because A, um, uh, there are more, uh, more studios incorporating that. So there's actually a lot of like pole dancing studios who also have a little bit of aerial. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so um, I think that that's also also speaks to that is becoming more popular and more accessible. Um, uh, also, like um, in mainstream media, like Pink um, right, has has right. like hand to hand. She also has lots of aerial stuff that she does herself. Um, so it is getting into mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. But I think also in regards to accessibility, I think um, I, I just want to also clarify. I think there's also a misconception that it's not accessible because in regards to like people who are disabled, like physically. Um, um, but but it's um, you know it's changing. Um, I have a I have a student who is visually impaired, and she loves um, she loves silks and she loves um, because it's physical and she can feel it. Um, and, and she really enjoys the height. It's, it's so mm-hmm. interesting. It's so interesting. Um, that like, I've been working with her for a year and, um, she always knows wh- how high things are, even though like she can't see. And then it, it's, a uh, and she also loves spinning. Yeah. Cause then she can feel like it's a different sensation. Yeah. So I, I think it also has to do with like, also, yeah, the misconception that it's not, I, again, like, I think it, it, it also depends on the coach and like, you know, the student, but it, it can it can be more accessible. That's fantastic. It seems like a great opportunity for people to just sort of become more than what they knew they were capable of. Yes. Because, uh, like, I've heard that through dance, and it sounds like from what you're saying, like, that's also still very much present in the circus and the aerial performing community. So, again, just another pro for the benefits of taking up this hobby. Um, so, Christine, I was just going to say, you've given us a ton of great advice today, and I do want to thank you again for coming on, because I've genuinely learned a lot about the world of aerial performing. Um, before we end off, I was just going to ask you if you have any advice for any newcomers, for people who are maybe interested in getting into the aerial performing world, or even the competitive dancing world, if you have any like final words you'd like to part for them. That's such a very, oh, that's such a sweet um, question. Um, so I guess the advice I would say, um, you know, it, it, just come on in, just come on in, because it's really, really, you know, it it's very daunting to try on a new activity that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're not, you, you physically don't know how to do. So just come on in. Um, I think just really with dedication and practice and passion. Um, that's the advice I would give to anybody who wants to try and who wants to get better. Um, just, just come on in. 
Drawn a school circus arts. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really do. It does sound <laughs> <laughs> my plug, but also you know, there's there's lots of wonderful other places too, which we won't name. Oh, oh, oh no, we can name we can name other ones. I want I want other people. Yeah. But you can just Google different circus places in in Toronto because I, I like in in my view, I think you know one place can't just give you everything, right? Like like as every good artist knows, like every new place and every new coach. Um, can give you a different perspective. Maybe you can uh, acquire a new skill from from somebody else. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got their own like personal backstories, which just contributes to the teaching experience. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just going to say, Christine, before we totally end off, we have one last game that we like to play just to sort of cap off our episodes. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> uh, so it's just, a, it's a pretty... This is the most fun interview I've ever had. <laughs> it's so it's fun. Okay. Um, so basically, it's we call it bad vice, but what the gist of it is, is we find random quirky questions on the internet. They're usually pretty stupid questions, and we just like to give genuine advice to them just to see sort of how far we can go with this. Um, so Tyler, do you have any questions for us? I do, Yes. Uh, and so the question here is from user one underscore blacksmith underscore three five. They posted it. Uh, I, I don't want to attribute it to them. I got my girlfriend's mom pregnant. What do I do now? Mm. <laughs> Classic. We get this one all the time, all the time. <laughs> so, uh, Christine, how would you handle this situation? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put that on her. She's you don't even guest. want to give it a stab yourself. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm unsure if I can physically um uh, not with that uh, get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um get someone pregnant on my end. Um uh, so, okay, so the question is I got my girlfriend's mom pregnant. What do I do? Uh, no, hold on. Let, I'll, I'll I'll go first. It's so much. <laughs> I'll 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 go first. I'll just set the bar for like yep. what we like <laughs> for how stupid of an answer this requires. If I got my girlfriend's mom pregnant, what would I do? I think I would propose to the girlfriend's mom. So we get that out of the way. So shotgun wedding. I'm now my girlfriend's stepdad. <laughs> oh, boy. Now what? <laughs> Perfect. There's a lot of stuff online like that already. Right, right. Um, I like that. I like that. Take, you know, being, you know, taking responsibility. I like that. Yeah. And then, and then, so I raised the child. So I'm now... Date? Oh no! I stopped dating my girlfriend, obviously, because I'm now dating my girlfriend's mom. We're going strong. We now have a family <laughs> that includes my previous girlfriend and the girlfriend's mom's son. And then while we're at it, assuming you have a son, assuming oh sorry, a son or daughter, my daughter. <laughs> it's 2016. I can do this, son or daughter. And then we get a family dog. We get a big RV, and we just go camping and we star in some family style movie. And that's the end of our lives. I think that's the only correct way that you can live that out i'm glad that you broke up with your girlfriend in that situation because that'd be kind of an awkward Mm -hmm. power dynamic and she could call Mm -hmm. you daddy ironically and unironically so (laughs) waiting for that to come out i I, I do i I do love the proposing i love that so that's my answer (laughs) now once again christine i i ask you what would you do if you got your your girlfriend's mom pregnant well um you know what i i have to say it would if that happened we would I think if we backtracked, we would have to go to a first a, a fertility clinic um, to get to get the girlfriend's right. mom pregnant. So that, that, right? That's even better. So we would have already had the consent of everybody. That's true. Um, that's true. I think we. And then in in which case, I I think the more important question is, 
who is a sperm donor? I want him to be part of our life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, be in all like the family pictures. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, <laughs> so no anonymous sperm donor. That is the bottom line. <laughs> and we can all be a happy family and send out the Christmas cards with with the sperm donor in the life. And and my girlfriend's mom and my girlfriend. We can all be a wonderful, happy, polyamorous so, family. So the beauty of your answer is that Mark's answer was like he actually had sex with the girlfriend's mom. Whereas your answer is you simply drove her down to the fertility clinic. <laughs> Right? And you paid you paid for it. So you didn't have anything to do sexually with her. So you didn't ruin the family dynamic. That's good. Well, yeah. Well, because like I'm a I'm I'm a woman and she's a woman. So like technically I, I don't have any sperm to get her pregnant. So we would we would have to go to the fertility. Very clinic. honest and, and real answer. Thank you. <laughs> that tracks. I can't confirm. How <laughs> about you, Tyler? What would you do? Uh probably leave the country, I think, is my best bet. <laughs> oh my god. Such a simple answer that we didn't think of. Well, because I can work remotely, right? And I'll just like create an alias and I'll keep working. So, <laughs> yeah, Abandonment. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the answer. I love it. <laughs> to the hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, marrying the mom, um, finding the sperm donor and leaving the country are all three great options for you guys. Yeah. If anybody needs family planning advice, please consult our spinoff podcast. That's myself, Tyler and Christine, where we just sit here and wax poetic about gender and family. It's going to be great. It's going to be two hours long. And this is it. I'm thinking, for a, I'm thinking of a snappy name. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Family planning with Christy, Mark, and Ty. Family planning with all the wrong people, maybe, is a good... <laughs> <laughs> alternative, <laughs> alternative family planning. There we go. That's Alt fam. Alt fam plan. Unplanned parenthood. <laughs> Alt fam plan. Unplanned Jeez. parenthood. All Unplanned great answers. parenthood is perfect. Oh my God. So this is a perfect transition because now we can plug our our new podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and plug our new podcast. You can find Unplanned... Now we can plug what? What are we plugging? <laughs> you can find Unplanned Parented on Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use. Go ahead and look for that. And, and we did this guerrilla marketing uh, campaign too, where if you just walk out and you people watch, you're going to see a lot of Unplanned Parenthood too. And that's just like, this like very organic marketing for our podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's all long con stuff. <laughs> um, but outside of that podcast, uh, Christine, I just wanted to thank you for coming on. And I was going to ask you if you have anything that you would like to plug, whether that's an Instagram account or anything else that you would like to promote. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, yeah, sure. So it's uh, Saint underscore Christie, C-H-R-I-S-G-Y. That is my Instagram handle. That's my aerial account. Um, and um Join me and Andy Wong on stand-up, sit-down comedy, uh, open mic bi-weekly on Fridays. Um, we're a very inclusive space. Um, uh, we actually um, created it because of all the issues that I experienced um, as a marginalized woman in the stand-up community. So um, that's why we have that space. Um, so And uh, come to Pam's open mic luau, where I co-produce a show um, with a girl from Hawaii. And um, it's every other Saturday um, where we elevate marginalized voices um, in the stand-up community. Perfect. That sounds fantastic. So. Yeah. And for anyone who's curious about both those shows, um, I've visited, I've um, checked in on a couple of the stand-up sit-down shows and they're phenomenal. Like Christine's a great host and it's just a bunch of like um, local uh, comics who just are trying new material. It's a very good space. So um, definitely worth checking it out. 
Um, you can find me on the gram at at mark.arenberg. You can find me at Tyler Herchuk VO. I was Tilly Herch. I trained, I changed for branding, self-branding uh, reasons. Uh, or you can check out my audio and previous work demo samples at tylerherchuk.ca. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tyler H-Y-R-C-H-U-K dot C-A. Oh, my God. Why am I laughing at the poop poop caca pee jokes party jokes? Oh, my God. I have to do that every time Tyler shamelessly plugs his corporate website. <laughs> You're a comedian if you laugh at fart jokes, though. Oh, yeah. It's my only sense of humor. That's true. The best kind is blue humor, right? Blue color humor. Yeah, honestly. Mark, sometimes Mark stays up to like uh, one in the morning just like playing fart noises off of his computer and laughing. I can hear it through the walls. <laughs> Yeah, I have no shame. I have no shame in admitting that. That's 100% true. Um, they're actually going to be our next sponsor. It's just fartnoises.ca. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah. Canadian uh, domain. Very patriotic too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm, and you can tell, mm-hmm. you can actually tell um, the the rough temperature that the fart was produced at. Uh, they have like outdoor oh like ones that they do in the winter too. And it's got more of a crispness to it. Maybe this is our next spinoff. We just thought we keep rallying up these great business ideas. I think this is... This is our next venture. Yeah. Farts in the wild with uh, Christine, Mark, and Tyler. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. And, and un, unplanned alt, unplanned parenthood. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. We have to stop this podcast. <laughs> we, we have to. This is too much. We have to stop recording. All right. Okay, thank you for okay. joining us. Please tune in next time. Thank you, Christine, uh, for coming on. You're wa- thank you so much. Um, oh, and, and oh, one more plug. Uh, everyone, please listen to I Know Nothing podcast by Tyler H. and Mark Ehrenberg. Our first guest to ever promote our own podcast, all the podcasts. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) All right, perfect. Well, thank you, Christine. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time.